It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Coots and Roger Colby. Hey, welcome back to uh, Three Cylinder Star Drive. I am Roger Colby. I'm Richard Kitts. Hey, Roger, did you know that almond milk is the leading cause of, of heart disease? Really? It is. Well, according to um, according to this show we're about to talk about, uh, yes, which is one of the one of the funny and funny moments in this great series. And if you haven't watched it, you need to. What we're going to do today. We're just going to run down some shows we're watching right now that we think are, have really good writing. Um, usually we talk about a horrible movie, but we're going to shift gears here and talk about the other side, which is some good stuff, stuff that's actually really good um, for you to really, if you're looking for something to watch and you don't know, um, we've got a couple things for you to check out uh, here on the three-cylinder star drive. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is a really good show with Alan Tudyk. Called Resident Alien. Resident Alien. Based on the comic books, which I yes. haven't yet to read, but I'm going to because I want to see how it compares to the show. What? Yeah. How how different it is? Because I'm sure there's plenty of liberties taken. I I have seen like I have seen le- like uh, art of it and everything. And his alien in the show looks very different from the one in the comics. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. comics arts is a bit minimalist though. So yeah. Um. Basically, the premise of the show, and we're not. And by the way, we're not going to spoil any of these shows at all. We usually spoil the, the the terrible movie we watched because it's you know who cares about that? <laughs> it doesn't matter. The mm-hmm. plots are terrible, but um, this in this case we don't want to spoil any of it because it's these shows are so great. Um, but the first one we're talking about, Resident Alien, stars Alan Tudyk. And he is a um, an alien from another planet who comes here, his ship crashes, and he takes over the body of somebody to become someone else to, so he can fit in. And there's reasons why he's doing that. I'm not going to go into like why he's here or what his purpose is, um, but it is the one of the funniest fish-out-of-water stories. That, and that's kind of the premise of the show. It's kind of fish-out-of-water, but also... There's something sinister going on. There's a darkness to it um, that I won't go into that's also kind of delightful but um, a little creepy. But at the same time, you're just laughing along with it because you're like, really? Um, but Alan Tudyk plays this part so well. He seems just so weird and different and, a- and you know, I'd say alien. He is an alien. But, I mean, the way <laughs> he doesn't get human mannerisms or, or, or human uh, humor or anything like that, but he is all the time trying to fit in because he doesn't want anybody to know he's an alien, you know. And we've got some great characters on this show, too, some some really great characters. So we're going to run down a couple of those. Sure. Uh, first of all, I mean, aside from Alan Tudyk's character, mm-hmm. um, my favorite character on the show is the sheriff. Played by Corey Reynolds, and uh, if you don't know who he is, he played Detective Gabriel on that show, The Closer, if you ever watched that when that was on. Yeah. He played it, that's the only thing I've ever seen him in besides this, and he played it completely straight in the, in that. So I was very surprised by by his, kind of his turn in this series. He is, I mean, I love Alan Tudor's character. It's He's funny. He's yeah. really funny, but I think, I think the sheriff is my favorite character. Because he's just so, he's so dumb, and he's so funny. Uh, he just says like 
the most inappropriate things. He does. He is like so inappropriate. And then, I mean, there's like an episode where he is interrogating this kid because he thinks that he's a drug dealer. And he plays both good good cop and bad cop at the same time. He like shifts in and out of good cop, bad cop. And he's just so hysterical. <laughs> and he's he's like really upset because he's got like no murders in the town and stuff. He's like, you know what they how many murders they got up in Colorado Springs? Five hundred last year. Lucky bleeps. Yeah, yeah, Ble- yeah. Lucky bad words. <laughs> Funny we can't have none of this. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it's got some language. It's, but it's. It, I mean, it's, it's an adult show. It's an. Yeah, it's not for kids. Not for kids, but it's uh, funny. And it's it's on the Sci-Fi Channel, by the way. That's where, and you can watch it on the Sci-Fi app as well. Mm. You can watch all the episodes on the Sci-Fi app. Um, but <laughs> uh, there's like um, some really cool uh, kind of dynamics too, because it has. Um, a couple of characters that are indigenous characters, like uh, natives um, mm-hmm. that are from the Colorado area, and some tribal people, and um, the nurse that is in the show. This is kind of his sidekick. Um, she's Asta. Uh, Asta, yeah, she's she's native, and she has a lot of secrets that she kind of, kind of get revealed throughout the course of the series that are kind of heartbreaking in some ways, and. And and the show's great because it balances humor with really good serious drama, mm-hmm. you know. And and that's really tough to do. That is extremely tough to do um, in writing. It's really hard to balance that in a way that's not to make your drama seem kind of trite and um, silly, you know. Like why are we having this drama moment when it's you know it's really a comedy show? It's not. It's it's a dramedy. I guess you could say it's like a comedy show drama, um, and and with a sci-fi element, mm. and, and it, it it's really quirky. Um, it reminds me in feel of um, kind of like I don't know if you ever saw that show Pushing Daisies. Oh yes, I love that show. That, kinda that rem- show was fantastic. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. Is n- not as much like that, but it's sort of that kind of a feel. It's yeah. like. There's there's humor, it's quirky, uh, but there's some dramatic. Another stuff. one that does that really well, and I, I think I've talked about it a little bit, is Barry on HBO. Yeah, Barry, it, it, it it's got that very wacky humor, mm-hmm. but then it's also got the dark drama underneath, and it balances it so well that right. many other shows just can't do that. It well, seems like what I really love too is is all the all the voiceovers that. Oh does. yeah, you know, it's like a journal. Man, he is one of the. <laughs> Best comedic actors. Um, he is. And, and, you know, I've known this for a while. He's done a lot of voice work, which is great comedic voice work. But he, the one of the funniest roles I saw him in was, um, and you can watch this on HBO Max right now, uh, Doom Patrol. He played mm-hmm. the the villain Doctor Nobody, mm-hmm. or Mister Nobody. Sorry. Mr. Nobody. And oh my gosh, he's so funny in that. <laughs> what I love about him is that he'll just say something in voiceover and it's like what he's thinking mm-hmm. and uh you know what he's thinking is usually something really horrible you know like uh but it's it, it plays funny because you're you're like nobody would ever say that you know like um he meets somebody that is a rival and he's trying to smile but his smile is basically this like just a grimace almost because he doesn't even know how to operate his face really <laughs> and he just 
Oh, 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 the voiceover says, he has stupid hair. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you're, uh, you know, there's just so many lines like that that you're just, you're dying. You're dying. You're laughing through the whole thing. And there's so many times when I've had to, like, just pause this thing and just laugh. Cause it's, <laughs> or run it back and watch something that watch something that happened, you know. Um, another really funny thing is that he has like a rival in town, and it's like a little kid. Yeah, this that's horrifying a, that's alien the has next a little one, kid. Is yeah, yeah it's one of the next characters I wanted to get to is this little kid, um, <laughs> this little boy, and he's basically taking it up upon himself to 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 take down Alan Tudyk. Basically, I mean, he's okay. So the the thing is, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but I don't think it's a big deal. It's not that. It, no. It's that he has, apparently, uh, this kid has, like, this, some kind of genetic makeup that yeah. certain people and other beings uh, have that can, that allows him to see the alien for Alan Tudyk as the alien. As what he really as is. As what like. he really is. Yeah. And so he's Nobody a, believes the nobody kid. Nobody believes the kid, of course. crazy. But, uh... I, I really like the kid because he's he reminds me of like a lot of those kids from like the 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 80s movies and the early 90s movies like the kids from the from you know the Goonies or the Monster yeah. Squad or something yeah. it's like there's there's this evil guy or this monster in our town <laughs> the adults aren't gonna do this yeah. us kids are gonna take them on We're right the and yeah yeah he's a, he's a really great little actor too mm, he's really good. Um, <laughs> And it's funny because it's like, you think that it's like, uh, you know, evil alien who's smarter than us and basically has the ability to travel across the universe to get here, you know, would be a lot more adept. But it's like just basically a shouting match between two little kids on the playground. Yeah, he's he's a... You're a stupid person. He's like... You're a dumbhead. And he's like, he like cusses the kid out. He's like, hey, you can't say that word. You can't say that word. That's wrong. uh, That's a bad word. But yeah, no, no. He's really... He's Alan Tudyk's character. He's pretty dumb. He's he's very dumb. And the whole thing about is he's going. He's trying to do all these things to fit in. But when he's trying to do normal things, like oh no, this is what I'm supposed to do. That's normal. And he tries to do it, and it comes off really, really, really weird and bad. Yeah. And so that's that's those are the funniest bits, really. Like there's like, oh, give you an example, and it's not really spoiling it, but there's a bit where he's like, where he's supposed to do an autopsy on this guy. And um, the voiceover, she's like, are you going to come join me for drinks or whatever? And he's like, and he's in his mind, he's saying, no, I want to stay here and cut this man's brain, brand's skull open and squish around with his brain, squish his brain in my hands like that. And, yeah. and, and so she leaves and he's sitting there going through this, like doing the autopsy. And the wife comes in, <laughs> the wife of the guy laying on the table. And he just turns around, and she, she goes, I came for his things. And he's, like, got his brain in his hands. He just looks at her like nothing's wrong. It's just so funny. Um, yeah, but it's great. Okay, so that's one show um, that's really great you should watch. Um because I feel like if I say anything else about it, I'm going to spoil yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to spoil we all the funny lines. There's it. so many it's good lines. There's so much in it. I'm not even scratching the surface. We're not at all. Okay. Um, the next thing, I'm, I want to talk about a show that I'm watching right now. And this is not like funny or anything, but it's just really good. And I didn't think it was going to be that great because it's like, okay, here's the premise. We're just playing off of an old thing. 
But um, the show, Clarice, it's on CBS. Um, I don't know if you can watch it on Paramount or not. You can, you yeah. You can. You can watch it Next on Paramount. Next day. Next day on Paramount. Um, but uh, Clarice is the, of course, you, you recognize the name. It's about Clarice Starling, the character from Silence of the Lambs, um, from Hannibal Lecter stuff. And um, it's set about maybe, oh, gosh, about maybe two or three years or maybe not even that long after the Buffalo Bill murders, after the Silence of the Lambs happened. And so she's come back to the FBI to, they got her, basically put her down in a room or something. And she comes back and they put her on something called BICAP, which is this victim's uh, investigative, uh, I can't remember what the acronym is, but basically they investigate serial killers and people like that, like, you know, like Buffalo Bill. And she's got all these flashbacks and stuff from what happened to her. But when I first started watching it, um, you know, Richard and I were talking about this when I first started watching it. He's like, I don't know if I want to watch another procedural. Because, you know, we don't really like procedurals because it's just like week to week, same carnage. I used like, to you know, watch them all the time, but yeah, I just got I just, burnt I just, out I just of got burnt, I got burnt out on them too, you know, SVU and stuff. And um, But this thing is not a procedural. It is a it is a week to week serialized show. Um, things happen. Yeah, there are there there are little things that happen, but so far there have not been any like Creature of the Week kind of sh- kind of stuff like you used to have on Hannibal. You remember Hannibal had, you know, what's the new serial killer that was Hannibal's, you know, Right, uh, they had that, patient, but Hannibal you know. was still very Hannibal, serialized. Hannibal was very, ser- very serialized. And this, they've done the same thing here. They've got, um, you know, Clarice Starling has a lot of demons um, because of what she went through. And um, she's trying to navigate... Uh, being this star, you know, uh, who caught the Bill, Buffalo Bill killer. Um, and, uh, man, it's got, um, well, what is his name? He played, uh, he was on Walking Dead. He's in it. Michael Cutlets. Michael Cutlets. And you will not recognize Michael Cutlets. You will not. I mean, when you see him in the show, you're like, well, I've seen that guy before. And you're like, wait a minute. That's Abraham. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, what? I mean, because he has completely transformed himself in this show. Um, he's a different guy. I mean, he's really done a great job of like, you know, like sometimes these people get typecast. But he is like, he's really good. He's really good in it. And this girl that they got to play, um, Clarice Starling, she's not necessarily playing Jodie Foster. But she's got that accent, you know, because she's from Virginia. The Hills, um, that's her character is from there. So the accent's very authentic, and it's very much like what Jodie Foster had in Silence of the Lambs. But there is a, there is a thread running through this where she's like latched onto some kind of conspiracy and gone against her boss and stuff, and it turns out she's right. That that you know whatever's happening, she's she's correct. I don't want to spoil it because I don't want you to. I want you to watch this. It's amazing. Clarice is really good. It's a funny thing. So I tweeted that the other day, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the showrunner like liked my tweet and then responded, <laughs> like, thank you. You know, that was pretty cool. Um, 
I guess because they're you know they're trying to keep this show on the air. Uh, what's really bad is these kind of shows, and another one I'm going to talk about in a minute. These kind of shows, when they're it seems like when they're really good like this, they get yanked, and I, I really hate that they get canceled. Yeah, that's, sometimes they're great. And that's it's like, what the problem. This is CBS, man, and I that's know. you got to worry about that. Like you do, um, like like a person of interest. Like when it started becoming yeah. really serialized, mm-hmm. they had a hard time like getting it renewed yeah. up until the end. So yeah. they got lucky to finish that series out. So if you're listening, CBS, keep this show. It's great. I really love it. I think it's a fantastically written show. Um, the characters are believable. Um, they are uh, multi-layered. Uh, there's there's great writing, um, really great writing. I, I really like the way I really feel for Clarice. And um, in the episode I just watched this week, something really, really drastic happened. And I was like, and they ended it on a certain way. I was like, what? Oh, man, no. Um, so it is definitely serialized. It's not procedural at all. So, um, let's see. Another one I want to talk about real quick is Debris. Debris, yeah. I watched the first episode of that, and mm-hmm. it's made by one of my favorite showrunners of all time. Um, the guy that made Fringe. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. J.J. Abrams. Well, Abrams, well, no, Abrams isn't. No, it's a different person. It's the person that wrote Fringe. Oh, the person that wrote that wrote it, yeah, is wrote this. And um, man, I'm sorry, I don't have the name right off my. Richard's gonna look it up real quick. Um, but the premise of this one is really cool. Um, I watched the first episode, and I'm already hooked on it. It's it it's really cool. It's slick. It's got a really interesting kind of vibe. It feels like Friends again. I feel like I'm watching Friends. Oh, J. H. Wyman. J. H. Wyman. Yeah, okay. J. H. Wyman. J. H. Wyman done it again, man. So, this thing is, the premise of this is there's an alien ship that broke up above our planet, and the debris is raining down on the planet. It broke up somewhere, like, near, between the Earth and Moon, and parts of this ship have been, like, raining down on Earth, and they've got weird properties, you know, because you would if you had, like, a ship that could travel across the universe, you probably do have weird properties, but the first episode was really trippy and felt like Fringe. I mean, it really felt like an episode of Fringe where you've got some weird, kind of weird super science going on and somebody's getting, you know, messed with and uh, <laughs> you got to figure it yeah, out. I, and I, That looked really interesting to mm-hmm. me, and here's the reason I have not watched it. Yeah. Is because every time they highlight some kind of... Uh, you know, high concept sci-fi show or something mm-hmm. on either NBC or CB or uh, ABC. Uh, I get burned. I get into yep. it and I and I think it's really good and I get burned because they just cancel it because well, this isn't our audience. Well, why do you even why do you even greenlight these things at your network if you're just going to yeah. kill them? Yeah. And that's what I'm worried about. So I'm kind of thinking like, well, I'll see if this gets a second season, and if it gets that far, then I'll get to it. But I don't want to like right get into a show and and invest in it and then it just be cut off with no resolution because well, remember, they don't have the audience. I remember back when Friends was on TV mm-hmm. and Fox danced around with them a lot. Yeah. And yeah. they went to the edge of cancellation like every year and they made it through like four or five seasons? Five seasons. Five seasons. 
They but and they got to wrap it all up. They did get to wrap it all up, and um, man, they had some of the most innovative TV on Fringe. The the animated episode, you remember that one? Where oh they, yeah, they the like one a, where Walter got high. Walter got high, and it yeah. was animated. Yeah, and there was the bit where it was like a Monty Python yeah. animation. Mm-hmm. There was that one, and then there was the other one was like an anime. Did you see the anime one? The anime one. It's been so long since well, I watched it. Well, it's like they it. go up in a balloon or something. It's like the the uh, the the dirigible. They're up in a dirigible and they're floating around <sighs> and they go in this room and all of a sudden it's a cartoon. No, I don't remember it, that. But you know, oh, I haven't man. I haven't watched that show since it was on. That's a great show. If you haven't watched Friends, yeah, that's you one need of the best sci-fi shows. It is one of the best sci-fi shows I've ever seen. Uh, the writing was amazing. Um, and I feel that way about uh, because of who's who's writing it. Um, I feel that way about uh, about debris, and I hope that they keep it because mm-hmm. it's, it's so far. First episode had me hooked. I, mean, I was like, okay, I'll check this out. I was just kind of like not really that interested. Um, then I found out, oh wait, hang on, same person that wrote um, Fringe. That might be good. So, sure enough, it was. It was really great. So, what do you have, Richard? Uh, well, I can think of a couple I've been watching. Um, first of all, on HBO, this is on HBO Max, close mm-hmm. enough. They yeah. just aired the second season, uh, created by J.G. Quinto, uh-huh. who, you know, creator of regular show. Yep. And, uh, it's not for kids. No. But it's really, really funny, and it's got a lot of, I mean, aside from the same animation style, it's got a lot of the DNA uh, of regular show, uh-huh. that just kind of the absurd the absurdness, especially in this new second season. There's multiple episodes. Uh, there's 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 an episode where like it has to do with the, the virtual landscape and stuff like that. A guy getting sucked into just this virtual world, and it's very very regular show esque. Um, yeah. it, but it, it's it's a little more adult. It gets some it gets a bit raunchy in parts, but it's really funny. It's and if so you just want to laugh really hard, yeah. that's the show to watch. Um, another one on HBO Max you can watch right now. Um, it's about six episodes. It's called, uh, oh, dang it, my mind just went blank. Um, let me, let me look, look, it, look, look it, up. it up real quick. Dead my air, mind Richard, dead air. Dead air, yeah. <laughs> HBO Max has got great stuff in anyway, it. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. It's so worth keeping because it's of, a mur- uh, it, It's a murder mystery, mm-hmm. and it's six episodes, and it, it's uh, it's about finding out. There's all these uh, researchers in the Antarctic that. Uh, oh yeah, it's um, I know what you're talking about. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, my mind just went blank. My mind went blank too. It's uh okay. Well, let's just talk about it, and you can tell the name in a second. But basically, it's um, it's the story of this uh, Antarctic expedition, and they have to change out their people like between summer and and and, and winter. Um, and, uh, it's like they, all these people are loading up, getting ready to go. The head. The head. The head. Yeah, the head. And it's a weird name for it, but there's a reason why they call it that. And it's not about a bathroom. Um, but in this, you've got these people that are leaving for the summer crew or whatever, and the winter crew are coming. Yeah, what, what happens is they're, they're. They they uh they're researchers are researching the effects of climate change, and that's what they do there. And there you've got like that if you've seen like the vampire movie Thirty mm-hmm. Days a Night, mm-hmm. you've got the thirty days of like no, 
sunlight there, and they have a group of the people there that have to stay behind during that. Yeah. Well, the other group comes back, and they're the whole that whole crew is left dead. Like they're they've been murdered. Mm-hmm. They're either murdered or they're missing, and all that they found so far is this one girl there that was a nurse. Yeah, and she's and, inside of like a and, closet. Or yeah, something. yeah, it, she's in like she's like under one of those, uh, uh, like in the kitchen. Yeah, like Jurassic, those, Park, yeah like, you know, like Jurassic Park. Yeah, like Jurassic Park, the little shelf thing in little, there, little shelf. But anyways, yeah, and it's all about it goes uh, in flashbacks, and it's mm-hmm. just about retracing all the events that happened to see how all these people died. How yeah. they were murdered, yeah. and who did it, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's—I wouldn't say it's anything special, but it's—it's it's only six episodes, mm-hmm. and it's a good mystery. It is. If you just want a good little murder mystery, sit down and watch this. It for is about also six hours. a very slow burn. It is very slow burn. Like this is a slow series. Um, this is an international series too, so. If you don't like reading, there's a lot of subtitles. Yeah, because the detective is uh, from Norway, and so yeah. they're speaking Norwegian like the whole time. Yeah, this the people in this are like they're from all different type, different parts of the world, mm-hmm. and so. But it's good. It man. is good. It's really it's smart. worth watching. Yeah. Um. So are you have no, 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 no. Go ahead. Um. Uh, so I think we're gonna finish the show with talking about uh, Wandavision because by now. Um, by the time this airs, um, it'll have been have off by a week. It. Yeah, you should have seen. I mean, we're, we're already probably into uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon and Winter Soldier by now. So, um, so Richard, what do you think about that ending? Uh, you know what? I guess I was disappointed. <laughs> I, I I mean, I was kind of going in after the the penultimate episode. Yeah. Going, yeah, I'm probably going to be disappointed. I mean, there was stuff I really liked in it. Mm-hmm. I guess we can just get into spoilers because it will have been off about a week. Yeah. Yeah, so if, if you haven't watched it all by now, um, you can probably finish the podcast here. But if you want to continue and listen to what we think about the ending, um, you can go ahead and listen on. Okay? Yeah. So, uh, Evan Peters, they, made, they cast him as Quicksilver in this, mm-hmm. who was, of course, from... Quicksilver in the Fox movies, and yeah. everybody's like, "Ah, oh, they're, they're, they're finally getting into the multiverse," yeah, which really we know, fun. which we know they're going there because this is leading right into uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. This is leading directly into that. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, and then they're like, "Oh no, he's, he's just some guy named Ralph Boner." And it's stupid name, but you know, I've never, I've been like disappointed. And think by different stuff, but I don't think I've ever watched a TV show or movie where there was a reveal that just absolutely ticked me off. And it yeah. ticked me off because it was cheap. Yeah, it was kind of cheap. It was very cheap. Yeah. It's like, why why, why even do that? You pulled this crap with the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. Why mm-hmm. are you doing this again? But, you know, other than that, I still think it's a really excellent show. Mm-hmm. It's worth watching. Um, it's a, You know what? I love the Marvel movies, but they don't really... They're pretty surface level, most of the films. Yeah. This this show got deep. It did. Um, Man, when you've got two two visions floating mm-hmm. around in a library talking about the Ship of Theseus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good grief, man. That was deep. That whole Ship of Theseus thing where you're talking about, like, okay, the whole, the whole premise of the Ship of Theseus is that on that ship, you have a ship, right? 
And if you replace all the old rotten boards, and you just keep replacing boards and stuff on the ship, eventually you replace all the boards. Is it a new ship, or is it the same ship? Just yeah, you know. So that's kind of what the what they were talking about when they were floating around, yeah, and spinning around each other. Um, but uh, I get that, I get it, and I I get that you know the the white vision was sent there. Strict instructions: kill the vision. Mm kill Wanda, right? Well, when he tries to kill Vision, Vision says, I'm not the real Vision. I'm just Wanda's Vision. I'm just a facsimile. You're the real Vision. You can't really kill yourself. And that's where the whole ship of Theseus thing came up. And then he, like, gives him his memories or something. This is the thing that bothered me, okay? So he gives him the memories, and you're thinking, oh, Vision's back, dude. He just put his memories inside of the white vision, and the white vision is going to become vision, and then everything's going to be great. Nope. He just flies right out yeah, of there. Yeah, no, no. He's, uh, this is, like, <laughs> this like, happens, this, this similar thing happens in the comics where he's put back together, and mm-hmm. he and he has all his uh, original memories and stuff, but yeah. it's not the person, not his personality. Mm. So, I mean, I yeah, don't know if I'm that's like, the way they're going to go with this, but... And the thing is, there's nothing else in the catalog with Paul Bettany in it yeah. from here on out. He's pretty much done. And so I'm like, well, that that whole thing, I wish they'd bring I think the Vision back. I, I, think, like I think they're going to bring him back. Yeah, I'm sure they will. So here's, but I mean, here's an interesting weird, story. Man. So like a side thing with Paul Bettany, before he got the Vision role, he was like going around to like all these different studios, and producers and stuff. His agent was shopping him out. And... At one point, I don't remember if he, they, he said it was his agent or if it was a studio exec said, this is, look, I'm going to be straight with you. Nobody wants to cast you in anything anymore. This is pretty much the end of your career. Hmm. And then he got the call to play Vision. Wow. And so he was, like, really grateful for this role because it, like, mm-hmm. brought him back into filmmaking. He thought he was done. Probably, probably set him up for yeah. life, though, too, for mm-hmm. monetarily. But, yeah. um, yeah, there's that. But then there is a lot of stuff I didn't like either, like how they went with Agatha. Because that's kind of – I like that character in the comics. And I understand – I don't like that she was made the villain. If mm-hmm. you don't know that, she's not yeah. a villain in the comics. Yeah, um, they not. They just made her a stereotypical villain in this. And that's the as far – Yeah, and that's, as, kinda... and that's as far as it went there. I was like, well, there's got to be some more reveals. There's got to be something else, somebody else behind it. Mephisto, somebody – no. Mm-mm. Nope, just Agatha. Just Agatha. Um, there's that. Uh, I did. Now, now let's talk about things that I did like. Um, are you having one more thing you want to gripe about? Oh, no, no. But there there was, as far as the stuff I wanted to say, the stuff what I was talking about where it got deeper is than I expected. It was like um, that scene where, they're, where Vision is discussing, talking to Wanda in their room, in her yeah. room. Oh, and man, he, yeah. And he says that line, and he says, what he says? What uh, what is grief but love persevering? And I yeah. and I and I did like a Keanu Reeves and went whoa. Yeah, I know. That was a great. You know, I was thinking about like every scriptwriter's like watching that, going, dude. Yeah, that's what's that up. This was, sh- this show got heavy. Dick, it got it got deep. This show got deeper than probably any even Age of Ultron. Uh, not Age of Ultron. I Ultra, think it was stuff Endgame. like that. I think it was stuff like that that really made me like it a lot more because. That gave it a richness that I mm-hmm. really liked. Um, the other thing is the the about Vision when when 
when that ending comes and the, the town's being wiped out and everything's being erased and there's vision and he's he's being erased man i <laughs> you just want to tear yeah, up a little bit because it's sad, it was sad. I mean, it's horrible that she has to do but it's the stuff that really made me like fist pump in the air mm. kind of stuff was when um she gets her costume. Oh, like she gets she her costume. gets her costume, and you see the Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. like a more modernized mm-hmm. version, but it's the same mm-hmm. shapes. It's the same, you know, little crown thing and all that. And they could call her Scarlet Witch now, yeah, finally, they can. Be- because they couldn't call her that before the Fox buyout. Right. They they could use her. It's weird rights things. They could use her Wanda Maximoff, but they couldn't mm-hmm. call her Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Um. So that's really cool that you finally get to see her kind of come in the character come into the its full self right um but one more my major thing i got to gripe out about <laughs> i thought you said you were done um that that was the one thing i got one thing and it was <laughs> what happened at the end was just an absolute was i felt like it was an absolute cop out is that there was really no repercussions for wanda and no. even like monica rambeau is like you'll never know it they'll never know what you did for them it's like they know what she did to them. They've yeah. been tortured. They just like a scene before. It's like, let my please let my child come out right. of her room, and they're like, no, Wanda, you're you, you're actually a hero. They'll never these <laughs> these simpletons will no, never know what you really did I for them. When you, if like, that's come not on. gonna, I just wonder if that's not gonna be something that that, that occurs in the new um, Doctor Strange. Yeah, it, uh, there's post credit scene. Come back to that. Because they've got her out in that cabin, and she's, like, thumbing through that book. Uh, The Darkhold, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, that's another thing. Like, are we... The Darkhold's a lot different from what it was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, it is. So I'm wondering if we're we're slowly going to decanonize that that (laughs) show. Retcon that show. Retcon that show and all that. But, um, yeah, I do hope that she goes, like... I don't know if Marvel Studios is brave enough to do it, because they want to sell hero toys the little girls yeah but i really think they i really want them to go full villain with her yeah she doesn't have to stay a villain forever she doesn't in the comics but look man she's a complex character man. pretty much every comic book hero has been a villain at one point you you've got all kinds of like comics threads that happen like stories where the superhero becomes the villain all of a sudden you know i mean you got Mm -hmm. dark superman you got you know, Batman becomes evil for a while, does some stuff. You, I mean, and, and, and Marvel's done its fair share of that. Mm-hmm. You know, they've had lots of heroes that have become just really, really evil for a while, went through some stuff, and then they kind of came back and redeemed themselves or whatever. And I would like them to do that with her. That's mm-hmm. just the thing. That's, again, like the thing. I, I love Marvel Studios, and I love those movies, but they don't. They rarely take those kinds of risks mm-hmm. because it's it's all about marketing. It's about yeah, I, I this is cynical, but it's true. It's all about selling them toys. Yeah, and not not ticking off China. Uh, yeah, ticking off. Yeah, that's another thing why Mephisto probably never going to show up. Nope, because um, the Chinese don't like demons. they don't like that stuff. So it's like <laughs> as long as we're they're they're bending over for China. Pardon, pardon my French. Um, yeah, because uh, Hellboy, Hellboy didn't even show up in, I mean, oh, yeah. do it in China. No, and they had to like change a bunch of stuff for the Ghostbusters 2016 mm-hmm. film. Yep. And yeah, yep. it's it's, it's weird, stupid, man. but anyway. But I do highly recommend it. If I was giving it, a, if I was giving it a rating, I would say I would say four and a half. Yeah. I mark. I take I take a mark off for 
some some of its shortcomings. Yeah. Um, but I still think it's one of the it's one of Marvel's best best projects they've ever done. Mm-hmm. It is really surprisingly deep. Yeah. It is really well written, mostly. Um, I just wonder. I just wonder how uh, you know. Falcon and Falcon. And yeah, I don't know. That one looks like it's going to be more straight up action. But action series. you never know. You never know. I mean, they know. they have more time, and that's that's what what allowed this show to be great. They had more time mm-hmm. where they didn't have to rush to the the boss fight at the end within yeah. two and a half hours yeah. or whatever. Yeah. They could slow down, take their time. The characters could develop. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, we've got a few recommendations for you to go go check out. One of those is. Uh, well, we, we didn't go through them again. <laughs> Resident, uh, Alien. Resident uh, Alien. Resident Alien, close uh, enough. The Head. Uh, Clarice. Clarice. And yeah. there's another Debris. show I want to talk about, but I think what we'll do is wait for another time because I just wanted to maybe devote a whole episode to this is Wellington Paranormal. Oh, yeah. It's in the we middle of its, talk about that. It's in the middle of its third season mm-hmm. right now, and I want to wait until we've been able to watch, like, all of the third season. Maybe we can just talk about the show as a whole sure. up to that point. That'll be in probably our next show. Mm-hmm. Probably. Okay. All right. Until next time, I'm Roger Colby. And I'm Richard Coots.